Hi, welcome to today's episode of the Locked on Seahawks podcast. You are with Grant Goldberg and Spike Friedman, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the Lions today. We're going to talk a little bit about the Seahawks today. we got the matchup coming up on Sunday about, uh, excuse me, with the Seahawks and Detroit Lions. Um, so it's going to be, it's going to be a fun show. It's going to be a fun game. We're looking forward to it. We're looking forward to talking a little bit about it, but first... Before we start the show, we'll do a quick intro. My name is Grant Goldberg. I co-host this Locked on Seahawks podcast. And Spike is a writer with a stranger. And uh, if this is your first time listening, you know, hopefully you enjoy it. Hopefully you come back. But uh, prepare for things to get a little weird. You know, I'm not I'm not guaranteeing that things get weird. But uh, there, there's, a, there's a good chance. Because, you know, Spike, Spike loves to mix things up. And uh, yeah. I, I had to prepare for that myself. Well, I, uh, I I wrote a piece for The Stranger Today about Paul Allen that it's going to make some people angry. Um, but I think I, I think I think it's worth reading if you are a Seattle Seahawks fan who is very mad at Kashama Savant right now, which is a large portion of the fan base. Kashama Savant, for those of you who don't know, is the socialist city council member of the Seattle City Council. Uh, who, before Paul Allen's body got cold, started calling him out for being a rich guy. Um, but I dove into a, a, a what is a lukewarm defense of her and her position on Paul Allen generally. And so, if you want to be, if you are angry at Kishama Savant, you can read this piece. Maybe you'll be less angry by the end of it, or maybe you will just be angry at me. Either way, it's in The Stranger this morning. So, or it's on Slog. It'll be up in like. It'll be up by the time this is this podcast is live. Yeah, well, you know, usually I try not to be angry at Spike. Um, <laughs> it, I, the only you time have I... every right to be too, because I last night made fun of you for your stream on, for the Lakers game died because I thought the Lakers were going to win, and then they didn't win. So I was just throwing salt in the wound without realizing it. So you know, I've what? been pissing everybody off today. It's it's all right. Usually I only get mad at you when like I can't talk about Trey Flowers. But that's it. <laughs> yeah. But uh, uh, we might talk about Trey Flowers today. We might. So yeah. I'll give you free reign to go off on Trey Flowers. Well, not even go off. Just shower him with compliments because, you know, I want that. Selfishly, I want the recognition. But uh, <laughs> but I, I guess more notably, uh, over the weekend, ESPN came out with an article about, you know, NFL offensive lines. I think it was ranking. Sorry. And the yeah, Seahawks... they've been updating. They, they've got a new metric for ranking offensive lines, and uh, they just did a big update on that this week. Yeah, and the Seahawks graded out really well, especially in pass blocking. Where, uh, excuse me if I'm wrong, Spec, but they were fifth ranked, which I believe, is yeah, yeah, fifth, fifth in the NFL, which is remarkable and kind of unsurprising, which is surprising in itself to say, because um, we've just seen such a just such a I'm going to say plateau of mediocrity, which is kind of a, which is kind of redundant, but, uh, and, and so the Seahawks, this is going on for years, sorry, but the Seahawks this year, after the Bears game, uh, this ESPN ranking kind of mirrors the play we've been seeing on the field, and so this is the rare occurrence, and this is especially big in Seahawks Twitter, that the eye test matches up with the analytics 
for the Seahawks, yeah. which is which is crazy to say. Uh, it's been such a pleasure to watch them play so consistent and so clean. We haven't seen nearly as many penalties, uh, but either you know before the snap, during the snap, and post snap. And so I'm I'm extremely happy with where the offensive line is right now, and you know I'm happy they're getting some uh, good national attention for change. Yeah, I mean, when you say plateau of mediocrity over the last few years, I'd maybe go with uh, crater of devastation. Yes. Like, like, like I was begging for mediocrity last year. If we had, and, and we sort of got there towards the end of the year. And and I think I think what's interesting about we are now a top five pass blocking unit. Now, mind you, some of that is opponent adjustments. We played really good teams early, but have had a couple weak pass rushing units in a row, especially in terms of edge rushers. So, but our tackles, I mean, Jermaine Effetti is grading out really, really well. And that, I think, is a credit to Mike Solari. At the same time, Dwayne Brown is grading out really, really well. And that is a credit to John Schneider and the, and the personnel changes. So in terms of assigning credit for this change, I think it's a column A and a little bit of column B in terms of the change from Cable to Solari is an improvement. And dumping... Uh, dumping some, like, really, I mean, not even replacement level when you almost starting last year at left tackle level talent, getting rid of that and bringing in above average talent, you know, whether that's DJ Fluker in the place of Luke Jokel, that's a big addition. Sweezy's been a small upgrade on Ethan Posick, which is nice. Uh, but I think the big one is the internal development of Jermaine Effetti. And then obviously, Dwayne Brown is in a Reese I mean, we started Reese Odiabo at left tackle week one last year. It was crazy. And I know that wasn't the plan, and George Fant was the plan. But George Fant is a very interesting swing tackle, hybrid tight end, weird piece that we're using right now. If George Fant is plan A, and look, we were calling for him to maybe start over Fetty this year, and I, I'll say I was probably wrong about that. But if George Fan is your left tackle plan A, and Riso Diamo is your plan B, you done goofed. And this year the Seahawks have ungoofed. They are not goofing anymore. They have a serious unit. And what, again, like we talked about this yesterday, hopefully this is going to start giving Russell Wilson the credit. His production in terms of volume hasn't been there this year. Some of that's play calling, but some of that is him missing. And some of it's him not having great weapons. Doug Baldwin's healthy. He's getting some pass blocking. Hopefully, especially against a defense like the Lions that is not very good, he starts to go off and put up some big numbers. Yeah, definitely. Um, One last point before we move away from the offensive line conversation. I was hopeful that this year uh, we'd see that full integration of Dwayne Brown, the full offseason, and I'm just so happy that came to fruition. And uh, so often teams trade for a player and uh, it, it can fizzle out or, you know, people say, you know, they just need an offense to gel, to assimilate, but uh, it doesn't pan out. And, and I think we've seen, uh, you know, one of the better case scenarios for the Seahawks and Dwayne Brown, uh, they were able to get an extension over the offseason and uh, we've really seen him anchor this whole offensive line and things really fall into place once he got into Seattle, we saw a couple games last year of them uh, getting it together, but you know, for a large part, it was a mess. And uh, I'm I'm just glad they were able to, you know, get rid of Tom Cable and build on uh, this talent that they have. And 
So I'm I'm super excited about this offensive line, and yeah, the prospects of of Russ uh, putting up the numbers uh, rather than just you know being that steady force and you know getting the job done, uh, getting the job done and putting up these numbers. It's it's gonna be great great as a fan because uh, you're gonna win games and it's just gonna be fun to watch. And so yeah, this this offensive line is good and uh, it's a legitimately <laughs> good offensive line, which is so weird. Yeah. No, I think I, I, it's really exciting. Uh, and again, I think they're going to get to show out a little bit against, I mean, Blancelov, Ziggyons, I believe. I have not looked into their defense yet. I just know their defensive stats are very bad. So I'm hoping that this is going to be a fun one, uh, at least on one side of the ball. But we are going to co- take a quick break right now, and we're going to come back and talk about the most interesting matchup of this coming weekend, which is on the other side of the ball. So stick around, Lockdown Seahawks, Lockdown Podcast Network. When the Seahawks take the field this Sunday in Detroit, you know, you can have the option to make this game a little more interesting. No, you cannot run on the field and uh, try to interfere with the play. That's that's not going to happen. Uh, but you can put some money on this game uh, and uh, really be confident in, in the outcome that you think is going to be happen, happening. And you can do that on mybookie.ag. Uh, they have a great site to use. It's on desktop and mobile. It's both easy to use. Their payouts are super fast. It's important to get your money. And they have live in-game betting. So you can see the game turning one way and you can put some money behind it and uh, get a little bit of extra spending cash. And so while we're on the topic of extra cash, uh, MyBookie has a great promo code. It's LOCKEDON25, and you can get 25 extra dollars on top of deposits of $100 or more. And new users can get their first deposit matched dollar for dollar. And so we got a couple great deals right now. It's LOCKEDON25 for 25 extra dollars on top of deposits of $100 or more, and new users get their first... De- deposit match dollar for dollar so it's mybookie.ag locked on 25 we are back with the lockdown seahawks podcast you are still with grant goldberg and spike friedman and we are going to move over to the defensive side of the ball uh which is going to be important against this uh detroit lions team which relies heavily on its offense to win the game uh specifically their talented group of wide receivers now, uh, Spike thinks that it's important for these for this secondary to have a really good game to build on this Raiders game. Uh, so, Spike, which matchups are you watching for this Sunday against the Lions? Well, sort of all of them when it comes to the receivers against our cornerbacks. I will be interested to see how we deploy our cornerbacks. The Lions have three. Very good receivers, but they don't have a clear number one right now. Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, and Golden Tate are all sort of balling out to different degrees and in different ways. But none of they, it's not like a Julio Jones situation where you're like, oh, you got to put Shaq Griffin on that guy and hope that he can shut him down. It's a situation where all three of them are dangerous on any given snap, which is a little difficult to defend. And I think it's going to strain a little bit or put some pressure on the likes of Trey Flower. Justin Coleman. Coleman's been up and down this year. He's had some really good games, which really good against the Raiders. Also gotten beat a little more this year than he has last year. And so hopefully this is a game where, you know, drawing probably Golden Tate a lot, but also potentially um, Kenny Galladay, who's been very explosive. 
you know, hopefully you can keep those dudes in check. The other thing is, you know, we're going to some zone back there, presumably. And how does Tedrick Thompson hold up? We know that Earl Thomas would have been fine keeping the ceiling on. When you're talking about a guy like Golden Tate, you don't really have to worry about keeping the ceiling on. You have to worry about tackling him because he gets that yak. But Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay are both pure deep threats. Stafford's got a big arm. And if our pass rush isn't getting home early, you know they're going to be taking some shots against us late. Can Tedrick keep the ceiling on the defense? I mean, like, that is the question. And it's the question going forward that I think once we know the answer to it, we'll know the answer to whether the Seahawks are real playoff contenders or whether they're going to just be sort of middling this year. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a big game for both the Seahawks and the Lions improving that, but um, more so the Seahawks. I think I more so I believe in them, but um, yeah, we haven't really seen Tedrick Thompson be tested in that capacity where he has to keep the lid on the defense. Uh, the Rams didn't have their deep threat wide receivers really, and um, and yeah. the Raiders. I mean, Derek Carr did not want to test <laughs> the waters out there. Um, he had one deep pass with uh, Nico Thorpe in coverage, and he overthrew uh, the wide receiver. And so, yeah, it's it's a big it's a big opportunity for Tedrick to prove that he can uh, keep that lid on the defense, keep the uh, Seahawks playing the style of defense that they want. Uh, and and it's against a great group of wide receivers. I think the thing that we're not looking at is the Luke Wilson revenge game. We. Oh. I forgot about the Luke Wilson revenge game. So, you know, if so if you're going to place a bet on mybookie.ag, you know, you got to factor <laughs> in the Luke Wilson revenge game factor because oh God, you know, he better drop a touchdown pass. <laughs> like based on how the Tom Cable revenge game went, which was delicious, I need Luke Wilson to like get them into the end zone and then like get targeted on fourth, like get them close to the end zone, get them into the red zone and then on like fourth down just drop a touchdown pass where he's wide open like that would that's what i need right that's what i need from this Wilson he's gonna he's gonna run up the seam catch a you know 30 yard pass and then just miraculously drop the ball and it's not even gonna be a punch out it's not gonna be an incomplete pass he's just gonna no. hit it off his thigh when he's running i don't know it's something's gonna something's gonna happen and luke wilson's gonna be directly involved and it'll factor in via the Luke Wilson revenge game factor. Yeah, yeah, that's a big factor that I cannot believe I wasn't thinking about. Yeah, so, yeah. good call. People forget. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pe- folks, folks, people forget Luke Wilson is on the Lions. People do forget that Luke Wilson is on the Lions. Uh, it's a weird combination of player and team. I mean, at the same time, Eric Ebron is on the Colts. I mean, everything's, you know, topsy-turvy. Yeah. The world of tight ends, am I right? Ed Dixon is on the Seahawks. You know, that's wild. Yeah, this, the, the, and the Seahawks drafted a tight end this year, too. His name is Will Disley. He's not playing, but, you know, since we're talking yeah. about tight ends and where they Jesus. play. <laughs> no, but, uh, yeah, it's it's going to be <laughs> it's gonna be an exciting game because the Seahawks defense is playing well and this Lions offense uh, can go off at any time. So, Definitely the matchup to watch. I think the Seahawks offense. Well, I know. Wait, hold on, hold on. Before we end this segment, Grant, are you going to talk about Trey Flowers versus Golden Tate? I mean, that is a, you know what I mean? Like, come on, this is your chance. How do you think Trey Flowers is going to do against Golden Tate? 
You know what? I'll let Trey Flowers just play do the talking on <laughs> on Sunday. I've I've Good. pivoted. I've pivoted, and uh, I'm I'm gonna allow Trey Flowers to speak for himself via his play versus Golden Tate. If it if it's a, a great afternoon for him, then uh, yeah, I'll speak on it. But you know, I'm just gonna you know stay the course this week and uh, let him prepare without any clouding in his head. And uh, I don't want to boost his ego. I don't want him to be overconfident because he said that he hears everything. Yeah. So you know you can't you can't inflate the ego. You got to keep him humble, and you got to you know give him you got to give him stuff to you know for for mental preparation. And so I know he's gonna physically prepare, but you know you gotta you gotta block out the noise. And I'm the noise right now, so I gotta block myself out. All right, all right, that's fair. That's fair. All right, and so I think that is a good place to. Uh, to go away on a break right now, and we'll come back with more Locked On Seahawks on the Locked On Podcast Network. Stay tuned. Isn't it crazy how much we pay for new clothes? Like brand name. It's crazy. It's, it's crazy. Brand name, new clothes, running our bank accounts dry. You know why do we buy new kids' clothes if they just outgrow them in a few months? We don't have any kids. But we, you know, sometimes go to birthday parties and get them clothes. You know, they always need that. You know, wouldn't it be great if there was a place to discover awesome discounts on gently used clothes? Well, there is. There is. It's Swap.com, the world's largest online consignment and thrift store. Stop driving to the store and, and driving to more stores after that and sifting through all the racks. Easily sift through millions of clothes in seconds on Swap.com. Over 14 million tons of textiles are wasted every year shopping secondhand at Swap.com helps prevent textile waste from polluting the environment, which is something you can feel good about. You know, they have brand names like Nike, J. Crew, Lululemon, Carters, and Gap. You know, and every item is quality, hand inspected. And so, yeah, if, you, if, if something doesn't fit, you can enjoy hassle-free returns in 30 days. And you can get 35% off select items if you use your promo code Locked On on your first order. That's 35% off select items on your first order with Locked On. So that's Swap.com, and you can find great new deals on their homepage every day. Swap.com. Welcome back to the final portion of today's episode of the Locked On Seahawks podcast. You are still with Grant Goldberg and Spike Friedman, and we are going to finish this show out by you know giving you guys a template of questions to ask via itunes review preferably a five-star review uh but you know we're going to ask each other's one burning question about the seahawks spike i'll give you the floor first you know go ahead ask me your you know craziest seahawks question you can think of or whatever question you want to think of regarding the seahawks yeah, so Grant, uh, I know you're a Lakers fan. We all know you're a Lakers fan. So, who is the Kyle Kuzma of the Seahawks? All right. So, you know, when you, you thought th- I was going to say LeBron. No, I don't care who the LeBron is. I want to know who the Kuz is. All right. So, when you think of Kyle Kuzma, you think of someone who you know kind of wants to you know just go off at any kind of at any given moment you know he's really confident player uh kind of really skilled when it comes to his footwork um you know kind of you know 
Oh, let's see. Right away, I I thought. No, I'm gonna say. Nico Thorpe. Nico Thorpe. Because, I would have got like, I, my instinct was uh, Shaq Griffin or maybe a Chris Carson, but well, I hear I, Nico Thorpe. I because I I called I called Sh- uh, Shaq. Um, I I called Kill Quill uh Brandon Ingram on the last show. Mm-hmm. And oh, so that's right, that's right. And so Kyle Kuzma is Nico Thorpe because like they both like to to you know open some eyes with how they dress off the field, like whether it's pregame or like. You know, any opportunity they have, they you know try to show out in that regard. And um, you know, we're look we're working on consistency, but uh, overall is a really fun player to watch. Uh, and then you just hope you know hope the best for them, hope they improve. And uh, yeah, just you're it's a fan favorite kind of situation too. I think uh, the yeah. national, I mean, more in Kuz's case, the national audience uh kind of overhypes him just because he you know scores points, but. Uh, yeah, I I think Nico's a good comparison. Um, Great. Ju- yeah, and so let's see, Spike. If you had to go to Disneyland with one Seahawk, who would it be? Oh, uh, good question. Uh, Earl Thomas was there earlier this year. I saw it on his uh, Insta. But I feel like Earl Thomas would be like real serious about getting the rides like on time, and I'm already that way. So we might butt heads over like fast pass strategy. Right. You know, so that probably do. wouldn't. Yeah, you don't. But you don't want to go with someone who's going to you're going to butt heads over fast pass strategy. Uh, a good question. Same same thing would happen with Doug or maybe. And like, I feel like Bobby, like he wouldn't even be having fun, man. Uh, this is t- tough, man. Hold on. Let me think through everybody. This is serious. This is a serious question. Uh, because you, you can't, know you can't be sacrificing you know specific rides on your fast pass. You know, obviously you want to get to Space Mountain, but you also want to get to Cars Land if you have Park Hopper. Yeah, and so yeah, you, you know, gotta get to Radiator Springs, baby. Uh, no, I I know the answer, and it's Michael Dixon because <laughs> you know, yeah, like obviously, honestly, it's because like he's Australian, so it's gonna blow his mind. Yes. And it's going to be like fun. All he's going to be like basically discovering America through Disneyland, and I'll be able to subvert that a little bit, but also be able to lean into the joy of it. So I like the idea of a foreign dude rolling out to Disneyland. So I'm going to go Michael Dixon. Uh, also, Michael Dixon is my hero. So there's that. But we already knew that one. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I think I think you could feed off of his joy, feed off of his energy, and uh, just have the best possible time. So yeah, I like that pick. I like that pick. Um, another one would be Tyler Lockett. I think he would have a really good time. Yeah, that's a great call. Yeah. Uh, and if you're going in a group, I'd, I'd throw Lockett in there with uh, with JD McKissick and Mike uh, Mike Davis because they just seem to have a great chemistry uh, on and off the field. Yeah. And so yeah. Oh, Mike Davis. Yeah, you can get the Davis division out there to Disneyland, and also that way, if like you know you're in a single rider line or something, and someone tries to cut you, Davis is gonna just knock him over. Yeah, he's going to run right through. I guess that's true of almost anybody on the Seahawks other than Michael Dixon. (laughs) (laughs) So, so yeah, if you see the Davis division strolling around Disneyland, watch out because uh, things get rough. But, uh, yeah, we want to thank you guys for listening to today's show. Uh, It's always appreciated when you guys leave a five-star review on iTunes. Go ahead, leave your questions in there if you want them answered on the show. Uh, It's a great way to get our attention, great way to get a shout-out. 
Uh, we will shout you out if it's not, you know, an overly weird question. Uh, and yeah, so go ahead, do that. You know, go on mybookie.ag, uh, use swap.com, and listen to other podcasts on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Uh, we got some great people on Lockdown NFL, Lockdown NBA. And, uh, yeah, the yeah. NBA stuff. Like, there, there's some really good NBA ones. If you were, you know, they should do a locked on Sonics just to just to every four days a week of just people being sad about the Thunder. Oh, uh, I'll pitch that. I'll pitch that to to Mr. Locke. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know what you're trying to do right there. I think you're just trying to get people mad already. You no, know, you already have the piece coming out about Paul Allen. And so, and then you. What? No, no, I'm Sonics. no, I'll, I'm trying to get them back on my side by doing a bring back the Sonics podcast. Yeah, but you just mentioned the Thunder, which is like a no go. Oh like, no, but you hate on the you you know you use the podcast to make fun of the Thunder. All right, you know, but, yeah, 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 no, it's okay. Look, it's okay that we can mention that the Thunder exists at this point. It's been a decade. You just have to not like them. All right, all right. I can I can get behind that. So go ahead and pitch Locked On Sonics. You have my blessing. Thank you, Grant. All right, but Thank did you. I forget anything? I don't think so. I don't know. Yeah, talk to us on Twitter. You know, you know our handles. It's just our names, and the show is at Lock Seahawks. Or you can always talk to us on there and uh, give feedback about the show on Twitter, on iTunes. Uh, you can listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Uh, tune in stitcher uh i'm sure there's a laundry list of websites that you can listen to the podcast on so you really have no excuse at this point if you made it this far uh good on you uh and if you're not listening to this podcast listen to this podcast you'll have a good time so i think that's it and for the locked on seahawks podcast i'm grant goldberg signing off and i'm spike friedman also signing off